Welcome, I'm Wesley Pennington, and you've just taken your first step into authentic manhood. Through this CD, we are going to talk about what I like to refer to as the Pennington Power Process. I'm going to take you through eight virtues that when applied to a man's life, there's change that happens within the man. There's transformation that happens within the man. Because truth be told, we need our men to be men. As we look at the world today, one of the things that we lack is we lack men of integrity. We lack men of honor. I have been coaching and encouraging men for the last 10 years, and I've seen dramatic change that's happened within the men that have put these virtues to work and applied them to their lives. So I'm excited that we can be men who our yes is our yes and our no is our no. That's why I'm so excited to be here with you. It's just me and you. You just sit back, listen, whether you're in your car or you're in your house, and we're going to walk through these virtues together. We're going to install the Pennington power process because I believe that we've lost our fathers in the land, we've lost our brothers in the land, and we've lost our sons in the land because of a lack of manhood. And we need to really grab onto that. We need to grab on to who we are. When I was a child, I walked like a child, I thought like a child, and I acted like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things behind me. Today I want to talk to you about two energies that operate within the man. Masculinity and femininity. These two energies together are operating at the same time within the man. The problem is, when we're boys, we're unable to control these energies. Which means the boy gets angry quick. He does not control his anger. He's unable to understand when he's walking in pride. He's unable to control his desires. But the one who has attained manhood is able to harness and control those energies who is now able to control his anger. Now he's able to control his emotions. He knows when he's walking in pride or when he's reacting to something and he's able to fight back those desires. These are the steps that I would love to bring you through in the Pennington Power process and how the virtues will help you to change and control those energies. These virtues will actually help you change the way you see the world. And I'm gonna walk through this with you because the only way that we can stand is together. The biggest lie that we've bought into is that somehow we can do this on our own, that we don't need anyone, that we can stand on our own two feet. That is a lie because truth is we need each other. I need you and you need me. We need other men around us who can help us and guide us and encourage us and support us when we need support and mourn with us when we mourn and cry with us when we cry and laugh with us when we laugh. So we are going to go through these eight virtues that when applied in a man's life, you'll see change in your life. You'll see these virtues create a new man within you. I've seen marriages change. I've seen relationship with families change for men who have put these virtues into practice. I'm excited for you because you've really taken your first step into authentic manhood. Here are the eight virtues in which we're going to walk through. The virtue of being humble, we'll call that humility. The virtue of being compassionate, we'll call that compassion. The virtue of being under control, we'll call that meekness. 
the virtue of being passionate with a man's passion. How do we control our passion? The virtue of being merciful, having mercy for others. The virtue of having a pure heart, having purity in your heart. We're going to be the bridge. We're going to be bridge builders instead of bridge destroyers. And we're going to be courageous throughout this whole process because it takes courage to be a man. So I'm going to ask you to take a deep breath and exhale. But I want you to listen and take it all in because the only way that we can stand is together because I'm here for you. I'm excited. And what I would love for you to do for me is at the end of this session, pause this tape and think about what it is that you need to work on. Think about your shortfalls. Think about the mistakes that you've made in your life. Think of the things that maybe you didn't do so perfectly. Those things that you would love to correct. And then when you push play again, push play with an intention to be better. With an intention to be the man that's crying inside of you to come out. We need you. The world needs you. And your greatness is right around the corner. So let's get into this first virtue of the Pennington power process. I'm excited. Let's go. Hey, I'm glad you pressed play because that means you're serious and you're ready to do some work. But before we get started, let's do an exercise so we can clear our minds, open our hearts, and fill our lungs. So what I want you to do with me and do for me is take a deep breath in and exhale. Again, take a deep breath in and exhale. Awesome. Let's get to work. The first virtue in the Pennington power process is the virtue of humility. Back in ancient times, when they would build a house, they would search for the perfect stone in which to set their foundation. This stone would be called the cornerstone. And if they had the perfect stone, the cornerstone, then their foundation would be sturdy and their house would be sturdy. But if they found a faulty stone, their foundation would be faulty and their house would be faulty. In a man's life, Humility is like the perfect cornerstone that sets the foundation to a man's life. It allows the man's house to be built perfectly. If I were to make a brisket, before I was to put that brisket in my smoker, I would have to prepare it. And the, in the preparation of the brisket, I would have to tenderize the meat. When I tenderize the meat, it allows the seasoning, it allows the marinate to get down into the fibers of the meat, which in turn makes the meat tender, makes the meat moist makes the meat tasty. When a man has humility in his life, it makes the man tender, it makes the man flexible, and it makes the man gentle. Humility is the cornerstone. Humility is the tenderizer in a man's life. Humility, as defined, is a virtue by which a man knowing himself as he truly is, abases himself, which means that the man empties out of himself 
when we empty out of ourselves, that allows us then to learn what others might have to teach us. At the basis of humility is the understanding our position as a lifelong learner. That means we can't learn what humility is and how to implement it in one day or in one week or in one month or in one year. It's a lifetime process. Every day that we wake up, we're going to try and implement the virtue of humility. Sometimes every single minute of every single day. And as a result of that, we find ourselves meeting people and going places and experiencing life in a totally different way. We're able to learn from other people. We're able to gather information that we would have never been able to gather in the past. Henry Frederick Emel said, there's no respect for others without humility in one's life. Humility allows us to see the world differently. It gives us a different perspective of the world because we're not looking down on the world we're actually a part of the world. When a man has a conversation with his wife, he is not just hearing her words, he's actually hearing her heart. And when he sees his children, he sees them for who they truly are. Humility is the anti-pride. For when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility, then comes wisdom. It's wise to walk in humility. It allows you to see the world in a different way. Who is wise among you? Let them show it by the good deeds that are done in their lives through wisdom. When a man has humility in his life, it's the beginning of integrity. It's the beginning of a walk into the life of authentic manhood. What I would like for you to do is to really begin the process of implementing humility in your everyday life. You'll see the change. You'll see the transformation. It's the beginning of a new way of life for you. It's the beginning of you stepping into your greatness, into your purpose, and into your manhood. I'm excited to be here on this journey with you. I look forward to going through the virtues with you, and I can guarantee you that you're going to see results. I can guarantee you that your life is going to change, that people will look at you differently, your family will see you differently, the people that you work with will see you differently. So let's continue and get ready to go into the second virtue in the Pennington Power Process. And when you're done with this session, again, pause and just ponder on what you've just heard. Think about it and see how you can implement the virtue of humility in your life. Let's go. Let's take a deep breath and exhale. Take another deep breath and exhale. We are going to get into the third virtue of the Pennington Power Process. And the third virtue is the virtue of meekness. The Greek word for meek is praos, which is used to refer to a domesticated animal. The word does not refer to a wild or unruly animal. 
It refers to a strong or powerful horse or ox that was trained and disciplined so that it can be controlled by a human. The word meek is a controlled man. It's a man under control. A meek man is not a weak man. He is not a wishy-washy or effeminate or timid man. He is not someone who can be walked all over. A meek man is positive. He is strong. A meek man has a reserve of strength that he does not have to display outwardly, but he holds on to inwardly. What makes a person meek? The thing that makes a person weak is understanding that there's something greater than him, that he is small and compared to his faith and compared to the things that are greater than he is. And he holds this inner strength in such a way that it is not displayed outwardly, that those that see him don't see him as a strong man that he is, but a meek man is a strong man. A meek man is one who by faith sees himself as nothing, but holds his trust in a higher power. The meek man is patient. He has a long view of life, knowing that in the end, the meek win. The meek are those who inherit the earth. We are called to be strong inwardly, to be able to see the world in such a way that we see our families and our children in such a way that we give them strength. This is the meek man. This is the virtue of meekness. Like in the story of King David, who was the king of Israel, when he was first called to be king, he was a young boy. And for many years, he ran from the king of the time named Saul. And David had plenty of opportunities to take care of his problem in a way that was violent. But David did not choose violence. David had the strength, the inner strength, in order to be king, but he did not have to display it. Just like we as men, we don't have to display our strength by being violent, by being argumentative, by being forceful. We display our strength by being calm and under control. That's the meek man. That's the virtue that we're referring to here. The meek man is calm under pressure. Pressure does not make him explode. Pressure does not make him react. Pressure brings out the best in the meek man. So we need to be meek. We need to be very strong on the inside and very calm on the outside so that those that see us see the strength bubbling up inside but see the man standing tall on the outside. This is the meek man. This is the strong man. Meekness is not an outward display of strength. It's an inward display of control. The meek man is a controlled man. Let's work on being meek. Let's work on controlling our anger, controlling our emotions. Let's have an inner strength that allows us to get through every situation in any situation that we encounter. That's what the meek man does. We don't have to go around showing the world that we're strong, that we're mighty, because we know that inside we're strong. We know that inside we're mighty. This virtue is a great virtue for us men. It allows us to really control those energies of masculinity and femininity. Meekness allows us to control those energies in such a way that they work for us instead of against us. So let's stand strong for our families and for our children and for everything that we hold dear. Awesome job. Man, I'm excited at what you're becoming. Your authentic manhood is right around the corner. Stand strong. Be strong. Let's go.
Now we're getting into the thick of it. We're into our fourth virtue of the Pennington power process. And I hope by now you can see how these virtues really interact within the man and really cause a reaction of transformation within the man that causes him to be able to walk into authentic manhood. But before we get started, let's do our exercise again where we take in a deep breath and we exhale. Again, take in a deep breath and exhale. Okay, the fourth virtue of the Pennington power process is the virtue of passion. Passion is an intense desire or enthusiasm for something. We have to be men of passion, but not the passion that allows our emotions to run free and wild. The passion to walk in a way that is upright. For where our treasure is, there our heart will also be. A man's passion will lead him either in a positive direction or a negative direction. A man's passion needs to be directed in the right direction or it will be captured by something else. Our passions were placed in us to help us be achievers, to be overcomers. But so often we allow our passions to lead us down the road that leads into destruction and produces no fruit. Anita Roderick said, to succeed, you have to believe in something with such passion that it becomes a reality. Our passion should lead us into our purpose. Whatever your passion is, it was placed there to guide you into a purpose, into manhood. The man is the one who can control his passions and direct them in a positive way. Mae Jameson said, It's your place in the world. It's your life. Go on and do all you can with it and make it the life you want to live. We get sidetracked when we fall into things that lead us astray. Our passions can carry us away down a road that leads into addiction and destruction. Or our passions can lead us down the road to satisfaction and victory. If we're men of passion, we can have victory in our lives. For a man to live without passion is for a man to live without hope. But when a man is passionate about life, he has a never-ending river of hope that flows forever. Anthony Robbins said, passion is the genesis of genius. When a man is operating in his passion, it is the beginning of creation. A man's passion leads him into creating things, into doing things and thinking about things that have never been thought of before, that have never been created before. Your passion can lead you into creativity like you've never seen before in your life. That's why for a man to really live a life of authentic manhood, he must live a life that is passionate about the things that matter, like his wife, his family, his faith, and his life. A man of passion is a man that is productive, a man that gets things done because he has the desire, the will, and the energy to accomplish whatever he puts his mind to. We must be men of passion. Our passions, uh, if they're not carefully directed, will lead us down bad paths, will lead us into places that we can become destructive, not just to ourselves, but to our families. Our passions must be controlled in such a way that it leads us into victory, that it leads us into success, that it leads us into creativity, that it leads us down a path of success.
A man's passion can lead him into a place where he sees nothing but success in his life because he's directed into the right way by his passions. Passions were given to us for a reason. They were placed in us in, in order to help guide us to a place that's productive, to a place that's creative, and to a place that's alive. A man's passion is a man's life. Without passion, we have no hope. With passion, we have life. So let's look deep inside of us and let's find what we're passionate about. Because whatever you're passionate about will lead you into your purpose. And your purpose will undoubtedly lead you into authentic manhood. Let's be passionate, men. Let's be passionate about our faith. Let's be passionate about our families. Let's be passionate in all that we do so that we can see the fruits of our labor. I'm excited. This is good stuff. You're becoming the man that you've always meant to be. Let's continue. Let's go on. Let's go. Welcome back. I hope by now you can see how each virtue works within the man, making up the fullness of the man. It's like if you have a piece of fruit and you cut that fruit into wedges. Each wedge separately is a piece of the fruit, but together they all make up the wholeness of the fruit. In the same way, these virtues make up the wholeness of the man. So let's step into our next virtue, which is the next virtue of mercy in the Pennington power process. Let's take a deep breath in and exhale. Take another deep breath in and exhale. Okay, we're ready to go. The virtue of mercy. Mercy is a disposition to be kind and to be forgiving. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. What is mercy in a man's life? What does mercy look like? For a man to be merciful, for a man to actually go out of his way to help. In this world of today, we struggle with mercy because the world has taught us as men to fight for our own, to stand on our own two feet, and to protect our own. But there's not a lot of education on how to help someone else, how to be merciful for, with someone when we see our brothers and our sisters struggling when they see them having a tough time with life. Mercy is love towards those that are wretched, that are miserable, and need some type of help or assistance. The merciful are those that are tender-hearted and truly feel in the deepest heart of their person, of their being, that they really want to help those that are in need. But most importantly, the merciful are those special individuals who go out of their way and make an effort to help. Having compassion on those that are in any way hurting is only the first part of having mercy. Doing something about it is the all-important second part. 
Pope Francis said, a little bit of mercy makes the world less cold and more just. This virtue is also very concerned with the act of daily forgiveness. Forgiving offenses that have been afflicted upon you, in which you show mercy upon everyone who has wronged you, regardless of the reason and regardless of the circumstances. Abraham Lincoln said that I have always found that mercy bears richer fruits than strict justice. We must be merciful as men. We must see the world in a way that when we can lend a hand, a helping hand, that we are willing to do that. That if we see someone that is stuck on the side of the road, if we see someone that is struggling in life, if we see someone or know someone that needs a helping hand, that we're willing to bend over and help them and pick them up. This is mercy. For when we give mercy, we receive mercy in return. And I know that so many of us need mercy. And we need to know that others do care. So we must show that we care about others, that we are willing to step in when our brothers are suffering, that we're willing to step in when others need us. This is mercy, having mercy for those that are struggling, that are down and out, that are downcast, that need a lift, that need encouraging. This process of authentic manhood is about encouraging each other, lifting up each other. That's mercy. Mercy is seeing that my brother needs encouraging and stepping in to help him and encouraging him. Mercy is knowing that my neighbor is hungry and going out and feeding them. Mercy is knowing that my sister is cold and going out and clothing them. Mercy is helping your fellow brother, your fellow man. This will bring us into authentic manhood. For the man of faith, we know that mercy is given to those who give mercy. So let's work on being merciful. If we have an opportunity to give mercy, if we're presented with an opportunity to help someone, when we can reach up or reach across or reach down and help someone, let's be men of honor. Let's be men that are willing to let our hearts be seen in the way that we help others, in the way that we forgive those who have offended us. This is mercy. We can't do this alone. And we need help at times ourselves. Think about these things. And before we step into the next virtue of the Pennington Power Process, if you have an opportunity, show someone mercy today because the world needs mercy and the world needs you to show it. I'm excited. This is awesome. This is deep stuff. Surgery is being conducted right now in this moment. Our hearts are being transformed. Let's go. Welcome back. So as you can see, these virtues work hand in hand with each other. 
In order to have mercy, you have to have the next virtue in which we're getting ready to talk about. And that's the virtue of purity. But before we get going, let's take a deep breath in. And exhale. Again, take a deep breath in. And exhale. All right. So the next virtue in the Pennington power process is purity. What makes a man's heart pure? Let's talk about our hearts for a second and what goes into a man's heart. Because out of a man's heart comes all kinds of evil things. Everything from evil thoughts, greed, to slander, arrogance, all these things come from the inside of a man, from his heart. And this evil from the heart is what makes a man unclean. We as men, we have so many thoughts, so many feelings, so many emotions, so many hurts, so many pleasures, so many things that are in our hearts. And they make our hearts unpure. That which proceeds out of the man is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, come the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, coveting, you name it, it's in our hearts. And these are the things that cause us to go astray. So what makes a man's heart pure? How do we get our hearts? How do we get our thoughts? How do we get our feelings and our emotions to be pure? To think on good things, to think on moral things, to think on just things. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Therefore, one of the most important questions that we can ask is how can we be truly pure in our hearts and be clean of all the things that are stored within? And the only way that we can be pure in our hearts is we have to dedicate ourselves to something that's greater than ourselves. We have to look at the world through a lens of purity. We have to seek out those things that are righteous, those things that are upright, those things that are clean, those things that are morally right to get our hearts to be pure. If we're not careful, our hearts will cause us to go astray. And the only way that our hearts won't go astray is if we keep them focused on things that are righteous. Our faith comes into play here because through faith, we can look at things through a different lens and we won't go down the road of unpure deeds and thoughts because these are the things that cause us to go astray. When we look at things that we shouldn't look at, when we read things that we shouldn't read, and when we watch things that we should not watch, it contaminates our hearts and it makes us unpure. But a pure heart, one that sees things for what they are, one that sees the beauty in everything, we really have to be mindful and disciplined to make sure that we're putting in things in our hearts that keep us clean, that keep us pure. So the things that we watch, the things that we read, what we allow our eyes to see, we want to look at things that are pure, that keep us pure. These are the things that make us clean. So think about the things that you look at. Think about the things that you allow yourself to watch. Think about those things that influence you and see if they be pure or not. It's your heart that directs you and moves you. It's your heart that causes you to set a path. And if your heart is pure, then that path will be pure. This virtue is one that sets a man on the right course, on the right path, in the right direction, the path of purity. Gary Gordon said, the true essence of who you are balances itself upon a cushion of purity, benevolence, and holiness. We have to really try to focus on the things that will keep us on the right track, that will keep us 
moving in the right direction. Because if not, our hearts will cause us to go astray, to be off kilter, and to be out of balance. A man's heart is the rudder to his ship. So let's make sure that our hearts are pure. Let's really focus on the things that are upright. Let's focus on things that are just, things that are moral. And let's keep this transformation process going forward. Let's be pure in our hearts, man. This is awesome stuff. Let's go. proud of you right now because you've gone through six of the virtues of the Pennington power process and I know that if you are diligently implementing these virtues within your life you're starting to see a change occur well we're on to our seventh virtue and that seventh virtue is the virtue of diplomacy diplomacy is the art of bringing two parties together I told you earlier that we would be bridge makers and not bridge destroyers. When we're diplomats, we go about bringing two parties, two opposing parties together. That's building a bridge between one port to another, between one fraction to another, between one opposing force to another. To be a diplomat means that we are always searching for the way of peace, to be peacemakers. Sun Tzu, in the art of war, said the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. The peacemaker is the one who goes about their business to avoid the fight. And I know that we were called to be soldiers, but sometimes the best wars are the wars that aren't fought. The peacemakers are those children who not only have a great love for their faith, but also have a love for all mankind, and they attempt to do everything possible for the advancement of peace everywhere. The term peacemaker includes all those who make peace between men, whether as individuals or as communities. It includes even those who endeavor to make peace even though they fail. Peacemakers are those who have a peaceful disposition because to make peace is to have a strong, hearty affection for peace. It is to love, desire, and enlighten peace. The peacemaker also wants to preserve the peace. And when the peace is broken, the peacemakers have a great desire to recover it as quickly as possible. That's what diplomacy is all about. Diplomacy is making peace. Sometimes we need to make peace right within our own families. Sometimes we need to make peace with our wives. Sometimes we need to make peace with our children. So then, let us pursue the things that make peace in the building up of one another. Many will tell you that the world's greatest need is for peace, but it appears that much of what man does today ends up in much discord and dissension. There's fractions, there's neighbors that kill neighbors, complete strangers that kill each other, brothers murdering brothers, religious fractions trying to wipe each other out, tribes exterminating neighboring tribes, 
whole nations trying to eradicate other nations and on and on it goes. These horrible examples of hate all begin with the absence of love and have no desire for peace. And thus, it seems as if hate in some form or another is the world's pastime and that peace is the lost thing that many people want. We must be peacemakers. We must be diplomats. However, peacemaking does not mean seeking peace at any cost. For the peacemaker realizes that peace at any price will usually end up in total destruction. So a peacemaker is not an appeaser. He is not one who smiles a lot and never takes a position on anything. He is not one who is easygoing. He is not a doormat. A peacemaker is one whose strength and godly knowledge endeavors to establish a right relationship between estranged parties based on truth and righteousness. That's what peacemakers do. That's what diplomats do. Diplomats bring two opposing parties together. Warren Worsby said, Truth without love is brutality, and love without truth is hypocrisy. When we show that we are willing to be peacemakers, that we are willing to be diplomats, we're showing love to each other. We're showing that we love our fellow man, that we love our families, that we love our children, that we are willing to step in the middle of an argument that we're willing to step in the middle of the fight in order to bring peace for the sake of relationship. That's what peacemakers do. That's what diplomats do. We as men at times are called to be diplomats and to even sacrifice our own desires to be right for the sake of relationships. That's what the peacemaker does. That's what diplomacy is. Diplomacy gives up for the sake of relationship. So we must strive as men to be diplomats this virtue of diplomacy is to make peace with other men, to make peace with our brothers, to make peace with our families, to make friends with our enemies. As men, we're called to help bring people together. That's how we change the world. That's how we become world changers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Let's walk in diplomacy. I'm so excited for you. Let's continue on. Before you go on to the next track, what I'd love for you to do is just ponder and think about what it means to be a diplomat, what it means to bring peace, what it means to bring peace in a world that does not desire peace. Let's go. Awesome. We are on our last virtue of the Pennington power process. But before we get going, let's take a deep breath. And exhale. Take a deep breath. And exhale. The final virtue that we're going to go over is the virtue of courage. What does courage mean? Courage is the ability and willingness to confront fear, pain, danger, uncertainty, or intimidation. Physical courage is courage in the face of physical pain, hardship, death, or threat of death. And moral courage is the ability to act rightly in the face of popular opposition, shame, scandal, or discouragement. Maya Angelou said, Having courage does not mean that we are unafraid. Having courage and showing courage means we face our fears and we are able to say, I have fallen, but I will get up. It takes courage to be a man. Courage does not mean the absence of fear. 
Courage means being able to act in the midst of fear. Courage is doing the right thing even when everyone else is doing the wrong thing. Courage is being the man that you're called to be, even under peer pressure, even while being shamed and under ridicule. It takes courage to be a good husband. It takes courage in this world today to be a good father. It takes courage to stand up to your bosses and to stand up to people who have a different opinion than you have. Winston Churchill said, Courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. It takes courage to admit when we are wrong. It takes courage to be transparent before our families. It takes courage to allow our true feelings to be seen. We as men really struggle with allowing people to see our inner selves, but it takes courage to let people see who you truly are. Courage says, I am who I am and I'm not ashamed of it. We must have the courage to show our faith, to be men of faith, to show our love for our families, to show our love for our fellow man, to show we're not afraid to show love. That takes courage as a man. Aristotle said, you will never do anything in this world without courage. It is the greatest quality of the mind other than honor. It takes courage to stand alone. Sometimes a man has to stand alone in the face of opposition, in a, in a place of failure, and in a place of ridicule. Winston Churchill said, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. It takes courage to walk in humility, compassion, meekness, passion, mercy, purity, and diplomacy. Because inevitably, someone will challenge you in what you truly believe. It will take courage to allow these virtues to be implemented in your life. And then it will take courage for you to live them out. Take courage. Be strong. And live a life that's good and a life that's courageous. Let's be courageous in our lives as we operate in our everyday lives, as we do our everyday jobs, as we live our everyday lives with our families and our friends. Let's be courageous. Let's not be afraid. And let's not act in the face of fear. It will take everything that we are to be the men that we're called to be. The question is, are you up to it? Are you willing to walk through it? Let's be courageous. It's going to take so much courage for you to be who you're called to be. Because every step of the way, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be things in our way. But we must be courageous. We must take on each problem, each situation with strength and with assurance and with confidence. That will take courage. In this world, we need men of courage. We need men to say, here I am. I'm standing for what is right. I'm standing for what is pure and I'm standing for what is good. Let's be courageous. Let's be men of courage. Let's go. As you can see, when we walk through the Pennington power process, it is a process. That when a man dedicates himself to allow the process to work in him and through him, it creates a change in the man. A transformation occurs. We gain tough skin. 
because we know that there are men that are working and fighting to be the men who they are called to be all over the world. The creation is eagerly awaiting for the men of faith to be revealed. We have so many of our young men committing horrible crimes because of a lack of manhood in the world. 90% of women in prison are there because of a lack of fathers. 80% of all men are in prison because of a lack of fathers. 24.7 million children in the United States live in a home where the biological father is not present. In the United States, there are more than 64 million men who identify themselves as a father. Out of that figure, only 26.5 million men are a part of the home where they are married to their spouse. As you can see, we need men in the land to be the men that we're called to be, to be the men of strength in the land, to be men. There was a great generation of men that went off to war during World War II. They say that that was the greatest generation. But I believe that we are about to see another great generation to come forth of mighty men. Men that are going to fight for their wives, to fight for their children, and fight for their communities. Allow these virtues of the Pennington Power Process to work in you and through you. And we will see a new generation of men standing strong together. Because the only way that we can stand is together. Thank you so much for listening and going through the Pennington Power Process. I pray that you listen to this over and over again until it starts to make a difference in your life. I pray that through each virtue, you will see the reality and the truth of what it means to be a man. That authentic manhood would be rekindled in the land. That we'll start to see our sons be the men that they're called to be that will see our daughters being the women that they're called to be, that will see a change in the world, that they'll say in the future of this generation that that was the greatest generation, a generation of men who took hold of their responsibility to be who they, were, who they are, who weren't afraid to say who I am and take responsibility for who they're called to be, men of courage, men of honor, men of moral standard, so let the Pennington power process truly make a transformative change in your life so that people will see it, your family will see it, and most importantly, you'll see it. You'll stand out amongst everyone around you because you'll truly be who you're called to be. You'll be an authentic man. You'll be a man of courage. I want to say God bless you and thank you, and I pray that we'll meet soon and that I'll see the transformation that has taken place inside of you. It's been my pleasure to speak with you, to coach you, and to mentor you. And I look forward to a time when we can all be together. Thank you again, and God bless you. Be the man that you're called to be. Be men of courage. Hey, welcome to another Rally Point Men's Ministry Podcast. And uh, we are excited about today's episode as we talk about what it means to be an authentic man. Let's join in with Pastor Wes and the men of Rally Point as they speak on this important topic. Hey, welcome to the Rally Point Men's Ministry Podcast. And hey, you know what? Today I'm excited because I have uh, my brother from another mother on with us today. Um, someone who's been in the foxhole with me 
for many years and has fought this battle of manhood and has encouraged men for a very long time uh, to be who we're called to be. And that's my, my main man, Andre. Andre, how are we doing this morning? Say hello to the brothers out there. Doing fine, Pastor. Doing fine. Uh, how, how about yourself? I'm doing well, man. I'm hanging in there, you know, uh, just trying to figure out, you know, how we can get men to really kind of walk in this place of uh, authenticity, you know, to be authentic men, to be the men that they're called to be, that God's called them to be, you know, because as you know, I mean, we've had this conversation many a times that uh, we're lacking in true manhood these days. And, you know, as I said that, I'm kind of thinking to myself, you know, what does manhood mean? Because I, I think manhood means a lot differently to different people. You know, you probably ask 10 guys, you'd get a different answer on what manhood is. You know, to you, what does manhood mean to you? Well, over the years, um, you know, I've changed my perspective a little bit. But uh, mostly in order to understand what manhood is supposed to be, you have to surrender. And um, a lot of guys, they just don't want to surrender. You know, um, I gave a sermon one time about the last 10%. And, you know, giving my life to Christ totally, solely, and fully. But that last 10% is the 10% that I just needed to get over the hump. And, you know, sometimes that 10% creeps back in there. And, uh, you know, I just have to take it to God. And, uh you know, it's, you know, a lot of guys just, you know, just so, so used to doing it themselves. And they have to understand that uh, God orders your steps. Mm. So if you allow God to order your steps, he'll, he'll totally bring you in. And you have that, that, that upper communication with him, you know, to up and down. And he'll just honor the, the things that the, that are near and dear to your heart, near and dear to his heart, you know. But if you do that and we do it on our own, we're gonna we're gonna struggle. We're gonna yeah. have time to struggle. Yeah, and so, unfortunately, so many of our brothers out there are struggling um, simply because mm-hmm. uh, they haven't really tapped into that area of faith, that area of belief in the heart uh, that we're called to do. That's like kind of the major step in really beginning your process to manhood is really kind of saying, you know what, I really have to pull close to God. I really have to pull close to Jesus. And I really need to um, let my faith be a driving, the driving motor to my movement. Um, and, and then God will take that and, and God will order your steps, as Scripture says. Uh, and we'll start to walk in the ways that God wants us to walk in. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, as you know, a part of the rally point uh, virtues, you know, when we talk about humility and compassion and passion and Absolute. purity and, you know, all those things that make up the character of Jesus. And he wants to put those same characters in us, you know, so how would a man, um, how would a man, if he wants to say, you know what, I'm tired of failing, I'm tired of uh, doing things the wrong way. Um, I'm tired of uh, disappointing my wife or my children or my girlfriend or whomever they might be disappointing, um, what is one of the first things that they could do um, in order to start this process of manhood? You know, I think first thing, they have to come to themselves and understand on 
I'm doing this by myself in my own power and it hasn't worked. And then once you come to that understanding that it hasn't worked, what's next? You know, and uh, you're looking around, you see, you maybe you see a brother to the right of you that is having some some success in his family life and his church life and his, his life on a whole. And you, you ask yourself, I mean, what is he doing different that I'm not doing? And uh, once you understand that, uh, you know, you have that conversation with that brother and and, he, and and he tells you, yeah, it's a, you know, I had to just cry and cry it out and give it to God and yell and scream and says, hey, Lord, 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 what am I doing wrong? I mean, what, why am I still going around the same mountain? And 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 the, once you understand and you get a revelation that 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 mountain's not going to change, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, then it starts to process. Hmm. And, um, you know, um, I usually tell guys, Hey, you know, you know, you, you, you're feeling it. You want to start that process. You know, you're asking God, please help, help me. That's when you find brothers around you, when you put brothers around you that basically are doing something different and you want to, you want some of that that's different Amen. and it's, it's happening. And why can't that happen for me? Hmm. And, uh, and from there starts the process. Hmm. Yeah, you know when you when you said, you know, you're looking at your neighbor and your neighbor, you know, you're saying, hey, you know, they're doing something different, and I'm seeing, you know, more success in their life than I'm seeing in mine, you know. And what is the the thing that they're doing that I'm not? You know, as you were saying that, it just kind of got a picture of, you know, maybe this is where we started to drop the ball because, you know, uh, I know back. When my father and mother, and I'm sure your father and mother uh, were growing up, and even, you know, if we go to their parents, you know, God was always in the house. One way, shape, or form, God was in the house, you know, and now God's not there, you know, and, and if you're looking at your neighbor and you're saying, man, there's something different there, maybe he's got God in his house, and because God's there, you're seeing, you know, um, a difference. You know, it's not that his battle is any softer or lighter, that he doesn't have to go through the same things that you have to go through. But somehow God always works it out. Somehow he gives us the patience and the calmness and the ability to kind of fight through um, the things that we have to deal with, whether it be in marriage or, you know, raising children or work or whatever it is that um, we're involved with. God gives us the patience and the ability to get through it. You know, um, and, and so that kind of sparked a, maybe that's one of the problems that we have um, in manhood today, you know, is that as we look around, um, maybe we're not seeing God in our houses, you know. Uh, we're called to be priests, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we're you called know, to be um, Go ahead. There was a, a term that was, uh, that was said to me um, way back. And I never understood it. And I just understood it as uh, basically, okay, everybody's doing that. And one thing um, I was, I was, it was told to me that uh, if you want to know what's going on in a, in a brother's life, just take a look at their spouse, take a look at their wife, wow. take a look at their children. Wow. And if they're, if they're not happy, you know, 
happy wife. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I I looked at that for many years, and um, you know, some of that is some of that is true. But if God's not there, it it, it doesn't happen. Right. It doesn't happen. So if you don't make the change, if you don't make the switch, a happy life, a happy wife is a happy life. It's not going to happen. Right. You know, God's got to, God's got to get it. He's got to get a hold of you. <laughs> and, one, and once you have that relationship with him, you'll see those things change. A happy wife, right. the happy children, you know, you know, to, 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 to most, to most degree, you know, there's, there's struggles and there'll always be struggles, but, with God at the center, that's gonna that's gonna be the ultimate choice. You know, we had a thing. I think it started um, in the black churches uh, years ago, where there's a strand between two courts, and uh, that middle strand was God. I never knew that. I never knew that. I I saw those on movies. Of uh, uh, family members told me about this. So what is this strand between two courts? And uh, when I realized that it's God, man, that's that's just the that's just the ultimate. So brothers out there, it just we we have to start in steps, in steps, in steps. But we have to we we have to have another brother to come alongside us and, and and actually hold us accountable because we can go astray so easy. Oh, so, so easy. easy, so easy. Peace. Yep, so easy we can go astray and get lost and you're not even be able to find our way back home. You know, uh, it's amazing how that happens and how that happens so quickly. Uh, you know, um, and, and, you know, so many things, though. I mean, if you think about it, we have so many, there's so many things that can grab a man's heart, right? And, and, and yeah. the problem is, once our heart is captured, whatever captures our heart is what we're going to follow. You know, it's, it's the it's the it's the thing you we're gonna follow. It's the thing we're gonna chase after. So if pornography captures your heart, guess what? You're gonna be captured by pornography. If uh, alcohol captures your heart, then you're gonna be captured by alcohol, and that's what you're gonna chase after. If uh, God captures your heart, if Jesus Christ captures your heart, then you're gonna uh, follow and chase after Jesus. So that's a good question to ask. You know, what captures your heart? What what things are you kind of relying on? What things are you looking forward to, you know, that you're trusting to place into your heart? You know, that's, that's, that's powerful right there. Yeah, absolutely. I always said, uh, you, you know, you mentioned uh, those, those worldly things. And, and I always said, you know, let me try to, to, to meditate on, you know, on what the things God gives me. And see what the difference is. Right. And the the funny was, things started to change. You know, <laughs> Amen. When let God take over. Things started to change. As I said to myself, "Whoa, what is this?" You know, and friends kept telling me, "Hey, something's different. What's going on with you?" <laughs> and, and I said to myself, "Man, I don't know, but all I know is uh, things things are good right now." Amen. You know, Amen. so I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, you know, and from there, went 30 years in men's ministry. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 So true, brother. So true. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's amazing because you start to 
you know, just kind of sit back and you start to look at, look around. All of a sudden, you start to see your life and life is different. Life changed, you know, and and that's what I mean. The reality is, is the, and the truth of it is, is that life has changed because you have changed. You know, um, it's it's through that that God actually comes in and He starts now to transform us, and He actually makes us into a different person. That's that's powerful, dude. And it's you know, when I, whenever I say that, to be honest with you, I, I kind of you know think to myself, I'm like, wow, you know, like who believes that? Like <laughs> like who's who believes that I'm actually being changed into a different person? You know, like, like, it just sounds to me like it's just this crazy, you know, thing that happens. And like, you know, if you're believing it, you're crazy, too. You know, but the reality is, is that and the truth is, is that you're actually really being transformed from the inside out. You're actually really yeah. being changed. Yeah. Your perspective totally changes. And some people don't understand that. What do you mean by your perspective changes? It, it, it does. It's the way you see the world, the way you see 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 your family, the way you 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 used to do things that you no longer are called to do anymore. Mm. You're called to, to 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 go higher. Um, a few years back, you, we had a meeting and um, we were uh, having a time of devotion, and um, you played a song that sticks to me to this day. Uh, Shekinah Glory, mm. say yes. Yes. That that song, um, you know, um, just hit me in a certain way. And one of the things she meditates on, um, what are you willing to give up mm. for him? Yeah. When she says that in song. And the, the things that you're going to give up, you know, may hurt in the beginning, but in the long run, You'll see the light. Hallelujah. You'll see the light. Amen. So Amen. It just, it's just amazing. It was just amazing. And, and it just, things just kept changing and kept changing. And and, and, and I said to myself, yeah, I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose some of the, the crazy relationships with friends I, I grew up with and, 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 and the people that I was close to. But it's all good. It's all good. Uh, you know, I pray for them now. Amen. But um, I... I just couldn't get caught up in that anymore and having my my feet in two camps that mm. camp and God's camp it Amen. was one the other Amen. You know? so true so guys have to understand that yeah you know, just let it go Amen. so true so true hey, what camp what camp is is, is your camp <laughs> you know <laughs> Oh man, I tell you, that 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 camp of the world was was uh, just uh, eating me alive, you know. And uh, I, I was seeing seeing friends die, um, not knowing the Lord, uh, and um, not knowing what what was going to happen to them moving forward, what was going to happen to their family. Right. And I, I just said to myself, I I, I just couldn't, you know. I just couldn't stay there. I right. just couldn't stay there. You know, um, it, it was tough. I lost a lot of good friends. I stopped going back to my, you know, where I grew up in New York City and because I just couldn't hang out there anymore. Mm. And, um, you know, I I felt, you know, I felt sad in the beginning, but it's, it's um, it, it, God moved me on. Amen. You know, and the friends that I, 
friends that I have in the Lord right now is is just it's, it's totally been been amazing, you know. And and uh, I think about some of those old relationships, and I pray about some of those old relationships that that um, they'll see God, and uh, you know, pretty much right now that's all I can do is just, just pray for them right now. Yeah, Amen. You know? Amen. So true. So true. That's all you can do is pray for them. Say, you know, just, you know, I can't, because, I mean, we, we have to separate ourselves. Sometimes, you know, God does that. He separates us, yeah. you know, and yeah. he says, hey, you know what? You, I need you to, to kind of concentrate on me, you know, mm -hmm. um, and be whom I'm calling you to be, you know, because it's the only way this is going to work. You know, when you mentioned mm -hmm. that song, yes. And she and you know when she's singing that song and she's kind of getting into a place of exaltation, and she says, you know, um, if I really told you the things that I want that I want to do, you know, would you do them? You know, and and you know it's kind of kind of makes me meet me all the time think, you know, about you know if God came down and said, okay, Wes. Here's the plans I have for you. And we actually know what we're going to have to go through, what we're going to have to do. Would we do it? You know, um, that's pretty heavy. You know, that, it is. That's pretty it heavy. Is. It, 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 <laughs> I tell you, it, it's heavy, but you'll see if you meditate on her words and you start to get involved with those changes she's talking about, you'll see your life change before your eyes. Amen. You Amen. Amen. Just it's totally amazing. You know, I you know, sometimes I pray about even the brothers that are that are that seem to be uh lost right now. They know God, but they, they're just caught up, you know, whether it's just COVID or uh uh, something that's actually uh, um, holding them back. It's 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 like when um, uh, Andrew Womack talks about the Prince of Persia, you mm. know, holding holding things up, you know. And we all know the Prince of Persia is the devil. Yeah, you know. So it's it, it, it's 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 like the same type thing. Um, uh, you know, if you got brothers that you know have to have to understand that they you're going to continue to go through struggles but you got to go to the one who understands those struggles and will bring them through it's Oof. like a wilderness experience that the, a lot of guys are having having, having now mm. and uh god's gonna actually um use that wilderness experience to bring them through to yeah, the other amen. side amen. you know and it's it's interesting what's happening right now you know, with this COVID, it really is. Yeah, it really is. You know, the Lord put something on my heart this morning that I shared on my uh, page, my Facebook page, and it was just about, you know, faith. And, you know, you mentioned about going through the wilderness, and which is why mm -hmm. it's so important for, you know, we as men to have our faith in the right place. You know, we can put our faith in people, we can put our faith in our marriages, our faith in our jobs, and all those things can fail us, and all those things can disappoint us. But... When we put our faith in God and Jesus Christ, He will never fail us or disappoint us. And He'll always bring us and lead us into a place um, that's going to be good for us, you know, in a place that's going to help us and benefit us. Whether we believe it or not, you know, whether we can see it or not, 
you know, that's that's what his goal is to make us better, to make us better people, better better men, you know, and um, it's a process, you know, and I think that's right. the problem, you know, in this world, everything is so fast, everything is fast food, fast pace, go, 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 get it right now, do it right now, make it right now, but in order to become a true man, an authentic man of God, it's a process, you know, it's a step-by-step, everyday process of allowing God to work in your heart and allowing him to transform you and move you into the place that he wants you to be. And that's the frustrating mm-hmm. part, you know, because, yeah. I mean, we want to do it. We want it now, you know, um, right. not saying God couldn't do it. He, he could. He literally could change you in an instant to the person that he wants you to be. But he doesn't do Absolutely. that. Yeah, he doesn't do it. You know, uh, he, no. he puts us through the process so that, uh, you know, it, it's a growing thing so that we are truly who we are. We know why we are. You know, it's important that you can explain why you follow Jesus and how you became the man you are today. You know, mm-hmm. if someone just snapped their fingers and said, OK, now you're the man you are. Someone said, hey, how did you get there? How did how did God transform you? You're like, well, he kind of snapped his fingers and. Is he gonna do that for me? Well, maybe not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. So, you know. So he allows us to go through the process, so we can share that process with each other and encourage and strengthen each other. You know. Wow. You know. Get get you. You have some. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just to to kind of bring it back to the uh, the 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 the, uh, the part of uh, of the young young brother struggling and not seeing light at the end of the tunnel, um, you know, I really feel sometimes uh, we miss the boat sometimes because we're all in, you know, we're all in, this, in, in a, uh, a situation where we're, we're having a good time, we're having fe- fellowship, and we're having extraordinary worship. And then there's the young brother that uh, that is brand new in Christ, and, and he sees us there, and, and uh he walks into the sanctuary of sanctuaries and sees brothers on, you know, on their knees, on their face, and and uh, ex- exhorted preaching going on, and he wants to know what's going on. And um, you know, some will stay and 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 partake of that. Some will run. And for the brothers that are running and um, not understanding and and just can't just can't see themselves doing that right now it's just you know all i can say to them is just you know one night when you know just just hit your knees and say god help Mm. just help Mm -hmm. you know and um god's not gonna let that go you know we we know how the holy spirit works you know god's not gonna um uh put a burning bush in front of you but all of a sudden Somebody else will will come in your path, and and you'll you'll see that uh, the person that's in your path is somebody that God sent to you. Amen. You know, uh, you know. I see it. You know, I see it all the time. Where um, young brothers uh, will approach me and say, "Oh man, you won't believe what happened." I said, "Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it." You know. Amen. You know. You, Amen. You you got you got a visit, huh? Amen. <laughs> yeah, you won't believe what happened, you know. And uh, you know, it, it's, it's if 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 we can just slow this thing down hmm. somehow, some way, so everyone can say to themselves that, oh man, 
I got to make a change. Hmm. And how do I make a change? And that's where brothers like yourself, myself, other brothers, we just have to be ready all the time. Hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and just be willing, build, willing to give ourselves. Just Amen. give of ourselves. Amen. They just give it away. Amen. You know, and, uh, you know, if, if we do that, I think we can see this, this tide turn a little bit. Amen. I mean, this, this COVID has got a lot of brothers scared. Yeah, so true. So, very scared, so true. And, uh, so, you know, we just, we just got to do it. Yeah. So, hey, great words of wisdom, my brother. Great words of wisdom. So, as we wind down here, you know, um, I want to give you an opportunity to just give a word of encouragement to any brothers out there that might be struggling or or brothers that are in the process, you know, that are, you know, not sure uh, what's going on, how they should feel. You know, can you give them, can you give a word of encouragement to them? Any word of encouragement I can give them is if they're feeling... If they're feeling like there's no end and there's no way to be no way, just one night, just uh, hit your knees and 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 get out to God and say, "Hey, God, I'm here. I can't do it on my own anymore. Show me." And other uh, other um, brothers that are that know guys that are struggling, be willing, open, and ready to. To help. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Good words, brother Andre. Appreciate you being on the show today. You know, I, I, I Amen. Thank you. I, you know, I, I think about um, the process. You know, and sometimes the process can be overwhelming. So I, mm. I, I go back to the place where, um, when me and Marissa, we were going to Israel for the first time, and um, we got our packing list, and we got like all, and it just seemed overwhelming. Like, there was so many things we had to get, so many things we had to do, so many things we had to pack, a certain way we had to pack it. And to look at the list and to look at everything that we had to get done, it was overwhelming. I was just like, oh, my goodness, how are we going to do all of this? Right? And, you know, something came over to me, and I just, you know, said, you know what? How do we get it done? We get it done one step at a time. We start with the first step, and then we continue to go on, and we get it done one step at a time. So in this process of manhood, as we look and, you know, you might be in a place where you say, I, I'll never get out of this place. I'll never get to a place where, you know, I feel comfortable or that God can use me powerfully. And, you know, my encouragement to you is to just take it one step at a time. Take the first step. The first step to say, Lord, here I am. Here's my heart. Here's my life. Take control. Do with it as you see fit. Just take that step. And, you know, God will give you the directions for the next step. And that's all you got to worry about is the next step. Don't look down the road. Don't look down into the future. You know, that stuff. Just just take the next step. And before you know it, uh, you'll be far down the road and you'll be looking back going, wow, I've come a long ways. But hey, man, thanks for coming on the show today. Um, we're, we're, um, we're really excited about the things that's going on in your life right now and you know, you're in the middle of a transition and, you know, having to make some decisions and things about what you're doing with your future. And um, I'm just praying that God's going to uh, bless you and show you powerfully where he wants you to be uh, so that you can continue the work that he's put on your heart to minister to men and to empower men. Um, and thank you guys for listening to the Rally Point Men's Podcast. 
And uh, we just pray that you be blessed by it. We pray that you continue just to marinate on, you know, the topics and the conversation uh, that we had today. And that, hey, just be the man that you're called to be. Be a man of God. Be a true son. Be authentic manhood. Um, God bless you. And we'll see you at the next rally point.